Welcome to the Onassis Air Conversations. My name is Mirto Katsimicha. I'm a curator and cultural worker based in Athens and your host in this series of recorded encounters with the participants of Onassis Air. Founded on the principles of learning and doing with others, Onassis Air is an international research residency program in Athens initiated by the Onassis Foundation in 2019. They say that what happens in one place stays in that place. I cannot find a better way to describe all the things that have been happening inside the Onassis Air House since I first entered as a participant of the Critical Practices program in fall 2019. The truth is, it is not easy to transmit an open-ended process of relationing which is very personal and relevant to a specific place and moment in time. How can I then give you a glimpse into that process? Everything starts with a conversation. Throughout this series, I'll be speaking with the Onassis Air participants to shed light on their artistic practices and needs, as well as to reflect on ways of being and working together. This afternoon, I am very happy to welcome back Paribartana Mohandi. Paribartana is a storyteller working with various artistic media, such as video, lecture performance, painting, writing, and curating. In addition to his individual work, he is also part of Valla, an artist collective based in Delhi, engaged in public, community, and site-specific art projects, public performances, and guided tours in the city. In October 2019, Paribartana came to Athens as a participant of the International Residency Program of Onassis Air. In this conversation, we discuss about his research into art and labor, and more specifically into the notion of art-filled cannibalism that he tries to tackle in his work through the design of game situations. Paribartana, welcome to Pali Room. Thank you, Mirto. It's uh, so nice to have you back. It's been more than two years now that you were in Athens and I'm looking forward to reflect together on your time here. I'd like to start with uh, the night of your lecture performance that we hosted at Onassis Air, where you introduced us to your practice through some stories, where you used a mix of mythological, historical and actual incidents that were happening in India at that time. And most of these stories had to do with exploitation. So I would like to start this conversation by asking you, how did you start engaging with stories of exploitation in your art practice? Well, uh, how did I start? Uh, there's no linear answer for this, uh, though there are some incidents, uh, some in- incidents which were provocative. Uh, first was, uh, if I remember correctly, Kuchi Students Biennale in 2016, where I was one of those 14 curators appointed for the selection of students' work for the Biennale. And our job was to travel different states in India. Uh, we almost traveled, uh, like visited 55 art schools, where we met art students, teachers from all over, and f- found uh, students' work for the Biennale. And this experience was eye-opening as I got to know how students were uh, exploited, not only by outsider outsider 
outsiders means uh, galleries or other outside agents of the art world uh, but the teachers themselves so you will find that lot of teacher they take their student for commercial work you know this commission work and all they use them and uh, they are hardly paid and uh, when you go deeper you see this forms of exploitation is layered based on uh, like different issues of gender caste uh, class and money uh, and many other form and uh, so that this event was one of the first where i was like um, i understood briefly what is this exploitation all about then of course uh, the me too movement which brought another layer to my understanding uh, of the same issue um, we all were we all were kind of aware of this uh, me too stories before the you uh, know before it become a movement uh, but through you know gossips and all it was more like gossiping talking about the exploitation harassment stories laughing over it never knew that these stories can be so intense and uh, you know would have haunting traumatic effect on people i was never ever and i know women men both i'm not saying uh, to one everyone was like laughing enjoying like sharing and all so this was another uh, incident where it again attracted me you know pushed me to think about the exploitation in the art world uh but when i sought deeper i found a long thread connecting to historical events mythologies uh, where young uh, artists has been exploited or sacrificed and this notion of you uh, know this notion of form of young uh, which is you know we discussed lot in the art world open calls you know they say 35 year till 35 you are young and this idea of young in relation to labor suffering death fascinates fascinated me a lot so that's how i started uh, in it's interesting to me how uh, in your practice you use the notion of um, cannibalism to refer to this kind of uh, relation of exploitation yeah you know as humans uh, for our individual or collective morals and ethics i think cannibalism becomes a very fascinating provocative cultural question uh, and people have been answering and dealing with this anxiety throughout the history uh, we do detach ourselves or align with this idea based on our comforts and you know profits and all uh, my usage of the term cannibalism came from my understanding of the art world as a monolith or collective uh, like uh, you know when we talk about art fraternity or art field or art world uh as family as you no know, as a i don't know how to say it no when we say art world it seems like art world is not part of this world it's another family another body uh so this this question of you know, morality and ethics which is always attached to creative uh, creative practice uh from there this idea of cannibalism came but i used the term more confidently when i read cannibalist manifesto Uh, where cannibalism uh, which was used as another term uh, anthropophagy and uh, its ent- uh, etymology and the way the word is pronounced and sound uh, it attracted me uh, i found cannibalism manifesto very thought provoking thought provoking the way it connected with savage and the you know, colonialism and critic of the european modernism and i think i guess 
uh, we are in india we are facing the same question uh, so yeah so this is how i use the term and uh, i think it it was very uh, suitable for my project and made made it uh, attractive some way i think we all have one story of exploitation to share and it's very common not only in the art field of course and I think that one of the reasons that these stories get uh, perpetuated is because they remain hidden or not shared. And I want to go back to the format of the game that you employed to address this dysfunctionality of the art world and ask you, how did you come up uh, with the idea of designing a game situation? Uh, okay, but the game thing, uh, before answering that, I just want to add... Uh, one sentence, like uh, as you said, we all have uh, one story of ex exploitation to share. I think we all have two exploitation stories to share. One is where we are exploited and another where we exploited someone else. So that's how now I'm understanding the whole art world or the whole story of exploitation. Uh, before the idea of game came to being, I was already writing and expressing about uh, no, but my anxiety and my struggle in the art world in Delhi and different hi uh, hierarchical system. Uh, and I was like writing about in social media uh, with my unsophisticated broken language. Uh, I studied art history, but was never interested in theoretical articulation of these stories, like long writing or something like that. Uh, but the idea of game came to me in 2017 in a workshop on games uh, conducted by artist Kasten Holler at Botin Foundation. And it happened in Santander, Santander Spain, uh, where artist, uh, you know, this Kasten Holler, um, he invited a group of young artists from all over the world. And we were supposed to make a book of games. And uh, there I tried a few things and the whole experience kind of challenged my perception about the art world because some way I thought I was exploited there because we are not paid enough. Like we are paid one side ticket and some uh, place to stay. And uh, no. so anyway, so th this is how I got to know that, okay, I can make games about these complex issues. I'd like to um, go back to your remark about you know, that we all have two stories to share in the end, being exploited and also exploiting others. Thank you for pointing this out. In a way, you're using the game as a form or a strategy of uh, critique of the situation. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. The, and that's because I think the act of criticizing or critiquing, you know, that uh, critique is a big inherent problem. Like. Uh, a critic can be trapped in binaries uh, if it lacks a proposition. And sometimes when you criticize too much or for too long, the subject becomes immune and the subjectivity sounds like rhetorical. You know, all the questions becomes uh, very... Uh, then, then you are unable to hear what is happening outside or beyond that binaries. And in public domain, the critic becomes... Uh, appear to be the moralist somehow. And it's not a nice place to be. So, and this is what I realized in 2014 when I started writing on social media. Uh, but it took some time to you know, formally convert. The biggest challenge in this practice is 
you hear stories as gossips but converting to that story into a game situation is really challenging no we have to plot it somewhere though you know like like a theater or story you have to find character good or bad or evil then uh, make a you know, so it took some time uh, i think around 2016 uh, i started this processing and uh, i thought okay this is a better way to critique this games where the participants are mostly artists and they would be playing this in a hypothetical actually what happens this this reality becomes a hypothesis in a hypothetical you play the character so maybe you feel victim in your real life but in the game you may become the perpetrator uh, the criminal so uh, yeah so i found it very interesting to you know, use as strategy to critique yeah the games yeah in the past you have developed different games like uh, the game for promising young artists or the game for young artists can you walk us through these games how do we enter the game and are there any different scenarios or conflict situations that the participants have to confront while playing the games i forgot to mention that how the stories of exploitation are also stories of resistance uh, so Uh, as you mentioned the first game i wrote uh, the game for promising young artists where uh, young artists play game preferably uh, like this game is kind of an international game where different character uh, worldwide no the, the way you said uh, you were having this meeting uh, for the future of onasis uh, no program for the programming so it's a similar kind of game where you gather uh, for example five international artists and we meet through zoom then we make a proposal uh, and we got a fund from some foundation like for example onasis foundation we get a big amount uh, from there so suppose 100 uh, how many 1 million dollar so that dollar money will go to my account and the next day it will go to your account in athens then the another the next day you will forward that money to another person in europe or in america or in africa so this money will circulate and that's the logic of capitalism how money circulate and increases but here what will happen the condition is and this is also a art project so the condition is the money will circulate but you can't uh, debit anything you can't take anything from the base money and uh, when the money will come to my account again after one week The, i have to pay taxes continuously so this is a way i will be bankrupted gradually so money will come to my account money will pass i have to keep forwarding you have to keep forwarding all the uh, players keep uh, needs to keep forward this money so uh, so and they have to pay tax for that and gradually will, so this is kind of a exploitation game and this idea came where when i realized that as artist you you have to write proposals all the time then wait for another proposal and all and then hardly there are proposals we suggest that artists can have their fee all these games has different strategies like the the game i was just narrating suppose the money went to your account and you did not forward it you just vanished you just took it and uh, ran away so that's also another possible but this is not written in the game so there are moment of confrontation there are moment of humiliation there is uh, exploitation uh, 
but it's all satirical i know this game should never be possible to play no organization will agree to give you one million dollar just to rotate like this and criticize them i guess yeah. uh, uh, one of the elements of these games is that it also puts you in a place where you have to rethink your own system of values Paribartana in Athens, uh, your research also involves the process of designing a new game with uh, art students or young artists from the local scene. And there is always a collective aspect in uh, the design of the games, as you described. Can you walk us uh, through this process? Collectivity and uh, collaboration uh, have always been an important part of my practice, uh, sometimes as inside hidden process and sometimes as visible element or spectacle. Uh, here uh, in Athens, I was interested in the visible aspect of uh, this uh, collectivity. So this idea came comes from my working with Walla Collective in Delhi, where we have explored many forms of gathering. Uh, there are human, non-human, political, survival, festival, or instinctive idea of uh, gathering, why people gather together, why they are seen as collective. Uh, so, and in this context of art world, uh, there are different forms of gathering uh, which we encounter in our everyday, like gathering in the gallery, opening parties, seminars, uh, uh, gathering in school or colleges, public performances, uh, then protest gathering and so on. Uh, there are also museums, galleries, artists and spaces which host ga gatherings. So that's how I was like coming to this uh, idea of collectivity and collaboration in Athens. Um, but which is interesting about these forms, uh, they're malleable, they're vague. They emerge and in certain interval, they disappear and then they again reappear. There are proximities, distances between characters of these, you know, uh, if we can say these are clusters, uh, I mean hierarchies. So I was in, I'm interested in all this, and in my game workshop to talk and articulate about articulate about the art world's dysfunctionalities, uh, and particularly about labor exploitation resistance. I thought it's necessary to make a group and uh, bring some stakeholders or practitioners into the process, uh, just to have multiple perspectives to make. Uh, the narrative more complex um, and and also this is a way to bring more voices and stories uh, so this the process in Athens was uh, you know, kind of developed through many discussion with us and Nefeli uh, because the residency was for one month and we are very scared like how to go through this long process uh, because you know all these games and uh, what I told in the previous I uh, think that it takes a lot of time to meet people, to collect stories, and to convert the story into a game situation. So, so I was interested. Then Nefeli and I suggested me to, uh, uh, what to gather audience before the residency start, and kind of continuing and talking about my interest and their like whatever story they have. So there are two ideas uh, I was interested. One was Documenta 14, which happened in Athens, uh, and the economic crisis uh, in Athens uh, in 2008. 
And, uh, so the, these two events were very provocative for me from the distance. Two very yes. hot topics uh, in the Greek uh, scene. But in just one month, you managed to form uh, this work group and you had uh, four meetings, if I'm uh, correct. Yeah. And in a way, storytelling became a platform for you to initiate uh, a discussion. Um, and was this also the case in the work group that you formed here in Athens? Yeah, in the like uh, in the Vasa, the very first idea was to start with storytelling only because uh, not just like casual meeting and gossiping, then no one would feel burdened or intimidated or bored with others' personal story or even sharing your own story. People feel intimidated. So you know, when you ask people, uh, ask any individual like you tell about your victimhood in public, where there are more people and they are not your friend. People get apprehensive and scared, uh, but there are also other layers, for example, the issue which people feel seriously about it in, uh, in Athens. Um, uh, like what I'm trying to say that this, the issues which is important in Athens, not in India, for example, in the con like in India, you'll find uh, the question of gender or caste uh, related harassment are more you know, more uh, what visible whereas in Europe and Athens it becomes more about labor wage and time um, like people do multiple jobs to survive and all in mostly what I've seen as outsider uh, yeah so this this intensity changes so the story also changes I guess uh, it's interesting to observe uh, in parallel, you know, these con contrasting um, elements between Greece and India for you. Uh, I was just wondering whether you faced any challenges along this process. How did this process with these new people um, evolved during these meetings? Definitely, it's a big challenge when you have to do this kind of intense project in one month. So the first challenge is you see a lot of new face, but the cultural difference, the intensity as individuals or as collective we have or we possess. So, uh, so the biggest challenge is make frame. And this is the time when we are all struggling you know, through different crises where there are lack of trust in public domain. So to build that trust, to make friend, uh, which is very important aspect of this of my project so that becomes more challenging to bring all of them to the confidence that okay they can share and they are safe uh, and there nobody which which is going to like exploit or you know that's the so this building this trust is very difficult and that's the biggest challenge i faced in Athens. and you need time for that i remember that you were telling me that um, it was really difficult in the beginning for uh, the people who participated to start uh, sharing. And uh, I wanted to ask you from your experience, uh, where is this fine line between, you know, exchanging and sharing information, well, let's say collective thinking and exploitation? Yeah, like, you know, like everything is all about collective thinking and sharing uh, of knowledge or information. Uh, 
but most importantly i, I guess like what i have observed through my process and i gradually is becoming more about return like what will get through this process of exchange and return like if i have said something what is my stake if i'm saying anything to you what you'll give me in return so I'm, i'm i'm not talking necessarily about money or something but about this trust and friendship or something like uh, like suppose for example uh here our field is not st- well structured it's everything is kind of uh, uh move around this vague and uh, not everything is written on pub, uh, in a paper or something you know that's how you are going to exchange or something so lot of exchange happen like suppose if i am helping my friend economically or through material or some instrument or something i also hope that some day he would return me that favor in some way and this exchange matters a lot and for that you need friendship and all in delhi we have formed many groups Uh, and i have collaborated with many people but gradually i find it very difficult and very like challenging to you know like continuing this uh, what these groups and all and that's because we are losing faith somewhere and that i think because of various propaganda machinery which is working 24 hour you uh, know with fake news and you know, big data and all you know, that kind of creating this then this context of art the evil this you what the valuation system or the canon are different than the outside world and i mean the sense of more morality and spiritually attached to the art practice do complicate the way we experience uh, the whole process so i think this exchange are also about value which kind of value we are looking for it's been more than 2 years now that uh, you came to athens for the first time and I'd be, inter- I'd be interested to know looking back how did this research that you did here feed into your practice thereafter did you use any of the stories that uh, you collected here in athens the experience was really like how to say amazing but it it was very intense and very interesting somewhere because the two cultures and all the artists you know all the artists i met they never came they had never came to come to india so it's equally both were missing some points as i said like i was more interested in the story where you will find sexual sexual exploitation or racist exploitation but then you will find stories where there are labor exploitation or the wage or timing and all what i mentioned above then people in athens uh, they would get astonished by my intensity of narrating those uh, me to story in india how it unfolded it here and how me to movement unfolded in athens so we shared a lot in this and we read lot of stories like kafka's hunger artist or there is another uh, i am very uh, find it very difficult to pronounce his name his name is phinicus phinicus he is the first person who uh, made a mask of a crying woman in the theaters and these stories are really eye opening for me you know if you read hunger artist it's really and these are very western perspective it's not uh, indian perspective in many ways and then i discovered uh, the city of athens which was like super layered like if you see closely there are archaeology 
there then you'll find on top of archaeology there this urban layouts modern architecture and i developed a project which i could not continue there it's about this uh, museum acropolis museum which uh, which was literally a structure uh, built on the archaeology uh, so i made this uh, proposal and applied in athens uh, sorry in sweden kunsbaka uh, the same project i did it uh, there and uh, it was about yantra like making diagrams on the street and uh, making people play on those diagrams uh, in public places and uh, i think it uh, it was kind of a success there we made a guided tours and uh, audio storytelling and all but due to covid i could not travel there so as you asked like i'm continuing since like uh, athens i'm continuing these ideas but the forms have changed a new new element is coming uh, on my way yeah your observation about athens is very nice i think athens is uh, a palimpsest of itself and uh, i also think that the way that you described how the one uh, game or the one story feeds into the next one is also a palimpsest there is this uh, object i found in athens uh, i'm forgetting the name of the museum Uh, it's a zoo uh, on which it's written follow me yeah the greek uh, sex worker during that time they used to wear this follow me shoes uh, for which people used to follow them the client used to follow them i made the same as i made the zoo for my performance in kunsbaka with the word follow me <laughs> really so, yeah so i'm saying like Uh, you carry you know as a storyteller i not only carry story i also carry objects and all like and i think it's going to come back somewhere to odisha and many other places like uh, yeah before we close this uh, conversation i wanted to to ask you uh, one last thing what are you working on at the moment at the moment you know like as an artist i work on many projects simultaneously and that's also gives me a you know the, i i feel that's kind of engaging where you are engaged through your hand or through your eyes or through your brain so at this moment i'm working on uh, one project which is called rice hunger sarrow uh, going back to my uh, village in odisha which is uh, situated in the eastern part of india uh, the place is one of the poorest state uh, odisha is one of the poorest state in india but has a lot of nature a lot of ghost stories and that's how i was brought up uh, like hearing all the time my mother grandmother telling me ghost stories and that's also another way why i'm also scared till the date i get scared of ghost in the night uh, but this place is uh, like going through a lot of changes and geographically demographics uh, is changing because of Uh, cyclones and tsunamis which has been like regulars now every year in the may, month of may and october the you'll find a cyclone or tsunami hitting the coast and i come from a coastal district so what i'm doing that uh, last year after covid i travel um, with few of my friend we travel like almost 500 km in the coastal district documenting uh, disaster affected areas meeting people artists activists we have made a group collective there and we have we have been collecting images uh, different data on disaster 
and we are making films and a lot of things we are doing there. So it's been really fun. Yeah. I guess you're trying to to weave a, a new story for Odisha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Paribartana, it was uh, so nice catching up with you. Thank you so much for um, discussing with me and uh, looking back into your time here. Uh, it was great. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. It's really great talking to you and thinking about the process. Thank you for listening. If you want to listen to more conversations, please subscribe to our channel. You can find more about the UNASSA residency program and each participant at www.onasis.org. This series is produced by UNASSA. Thanks to Nikos Kolias, the sound designer of the series, and to Nikos Liberis for providing the original music intro theme. <laughs> <laughs>